0: Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verteram alongside Josh Hill. A rainy Tuesday here in Chicago, but there's plenty to talk about across the NFL landscape, touch on a litany of topics, including the franchise tag, which that window opens today, Kirk Cousins and a new report, and of course, Marcus Peters and some of the chatter going on around him. And so, Josh, I'll ask you, you're back from the flu, you survived, Mm -hmm. Uh, what is... uh, Jumping out at you now as the NFL calendar shifts from the games to full-fledged, you know, offseason talk, tags for agency, etc.
1: <clears throat> I mean, as a Buccaneers fan, I've been in offseason mode since week three. So, <laughs> and I think a lot of other fan bases I have too. Cleveland's been there since 2000. So, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long, I mean, long know, offseason. Yeah, we're getting to the point now where the mock drafts are actually going to start mattering. Everybody's been doing them and pining over them for months now. But we're finally going to start seeing where these names are going to go the combine's coming up free agency is going to shape a lot of different things it's going to change team needs it's going to create team needs i'm looking forward to the off season dance that we we get used to every single year and what that what's that going to be because last year we saw the saints kind of overhaul things and they were super bowl favorites and we saw the jaguars who have habitually been winners quote unquote of free agency finally make something of it so You know, the same thing that we talked about, coaches trying to find the next Sean McVay. Which team wants the next Sean McVay? Who's going to look at the Saints and the Jaguars and say, ooh, we can do that? Right. And whether or not they can do it is really up to the front office.
0: Well, you know, we talked about free agency. That begins in earnest March 12th. The league year starts March 14th. But first, and right now, free uh, franchise tags, mm-hmm. you have a two-week window to tag one player on your team. Yep. And for anybody who's not familiar with how that works, basically if you tag somebody, you're paying them the average of the top five salaries at their position. Mm-hmm. And that hit, that cap hit, goes on your, your uh, contract books for this year only. So... Uh, You know, Le'Veon Bell's been the guy everybody's talked about, right? And so, 25-year-old, all-pro back, coming off arguably his best season. The Steelers, though, are capped out to some Mm -hmm. degree. Only 7.6 in in money that they can spend. And so, you look at them, and Le'Veon Bell's going to command $14 million because this would be the second time they tag him. So, the cost goes up 20% uh, from his last salary. If you're the Steelers, are you tagging Le'Veon Bell?
1: I, I think they almost have to at this point, but I don't think that they will because they're a historically cheap franchise and he's going to be a lot of money. So, I don't. The, the, the thing with, with Pittsburgh is, are they going to be able to find somebody to be that third killer B? Because that's kind of. We're getting to a point now where Roethlisberger's up there. We don't know what's, how much he has left in the tank. He openly questioned it after that Jaguars game, whether or not he was serious or not. The fact of the matter is, he's getting up there. Right. How much of this offense can Antonio Brown actually command? And like we, you said it last week, you don't build a modern offense around a running back. That they're such a disposable piece. Even the even the best ones. Even a Le'Veon Bell. Like how valuable are they really? To that we we saw the Vikings, Dalvin Cook. He looked like he was going to be the rookie of the year, looked like that offense was going to flow through them. They still got to the NFC Championship game with Case Keenum as the quarterback and without Delvin Cook. That's not to take any value away from Le'Veon Bell, who can change an offense if he goes to San Francisco or if he goes to Tampa Bay or one of these teams that will need a running back. He changes things for them. But I don't know if he's so valuable to Pittsburgh that they can dedicate that money to him and then say, no, we're fine on defense. We don't need to fill the Ryan Shays' ear hole. We don't need yeah. to fix the cornerback situation.
0: I think, too, with Pittsburgh, like with their cap situation, they have to sign him long-term. Yeah, like If you're going to sign him, you sign him long-term so you can bring down that first-year cap hit. Mm-hmm. If you just tag him, you can't fix the defense. You're barely be able to sign your rookie class. And so if I'm the Steelers... I'm not tagging him. I'm either signing him long-term or I'm moving on. And the other thing is, too, running backs don't age well. This Mm -hmm. is not a position that guys play well into their 30s. And so if you pay Bell and you would have to make him the highest-paid player at his position in NFL history, then you're getting into a spot where you're paying him for past performance, not necessarily what you expect, Mm -hmm. unless you think he's going to be a Curtis Martin type and last well into his 30s. And he's touched the ball 300 times plus in a lot of his seasons in the league. So – I'd move on from him if they can't come to a long-term agreement. And, and then you look at some other names around the league. Demarcus Lawrence of the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. He came out of nowhere last year. You know, was a good player but became a very good player. Seattle has some interesting choices. Jimmy Graham, Sheldon Richardson, both of mm-hmm. which could be
1: tagged. Both could leave. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So, tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush at oh, for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender.
0: Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. The Rams, Tremaine Johnson, he's been on the tag before, would they do it again? Sammy Watkins, so on, so. Jarvis Landry, of course, with the Dolphins. Are there any of those names that you expect to be tagged, and are there any that you believe would go, and I'd add Ezekiel Ansah, a defensive end of the lines, another <clears> name <throat> in the mix.
1: I mean, this, we're also to the point, too, where I feel like some of these teams almost feel like they need to use their franchise. Like, are you really going to franchise tag DeMarcus Lawrence? I don't know. Reports are they're going to. He's really good, but is that somebody you want to dedicate that much cap space to? And I think teams maybe handicap themselves a little bit by looking at this and thinking, oh, we need to use the tag, we're going to lose him, and they panic and they freak out. I don't think that Seattle should tag any of those guys. I think they just need to tear it down and start rebuilding around Russell Wilson, which is something they've needed to do for a couple of years. And if they lose a lot of these defensive guys, which it looks like they're going to, then they're going to have to make this an offensive-heavy team, finally. And, you know, tagging, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham isn't really going to do much there. Maybe if you do that with Sheldon Richardson, it's tough because these contracts are going to be so big. And I don't don't know. The biggest name for me is Bell. And I think that that's going to determine what a lot of these teams do. Because I remember a couple of years ago, like Ryan Claddy was getting the franchise tag, which was a big deal. Yep. And he was good for like another year and that was it. So you don't really know what these guys are going to be. It's it's just such a tough situation to be in. Yeah,
0: I think if you're the Lions, you tag on because they have a lot of cap space, and he's been a very good player for them. I think if you're the Cowboys, Lawrence, I think you tag him with the idea that you sign him long term. They just don't have a lot of defensive impact players. You lose Mm -hmm. him. It's a big loss. Seattle, I'm with you. If I'm Seattle, I'm not tagging Jimmy Graham. Sheldon Richardson, perhaps, depending upon whether you want to reload or kind of blow Mm -hmm. that thing up, Graham, no way. With the Rams, like Watkins, I believe, had eight touchdowns last year, but he's not their number one weapon. No. You're, you're not looking to pay the guy $15 million to be your number two or three weapon mm-hmm. offensively. Um, and Truman Johnson, I think, is gone. I think that ship is sailed. They haven't I think been able so. To, they haven't been able to, to lock him up. Landry's interesting from the standpoint, led the league in receiving in terms of receptions, but didn't even have 1,000 yards. Mm -hmm. And so if you're the Dolphins, like, what have you ever won with him? Nothing. And that's not to say he's not valuable, but this isn't a quarterback. Mm -hmm. This isn't a a big-time corner or a big-time pass rusher. This is a receiver who he's very good, he's talented, but you have Kenny Stills, you have Devontae Parker. You just move on and allocate those resources elsewhere. But teams have two weeks. And then after that, incredibly, it's less than a week until we hit the tampering period with free agency.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the name that I feel like is going to keep coming up, too, is Kirk Cousins. He's going to come. I mean, they've already taken care of that with the Alex Smith trade and everything like that. But this idea that they're still going to franchise tag him. So like something we like to do around here is what's the story, trying to figure out the narratives, what's going to go with what in the the, uh, NFL offseason and Kirk Cousins in the New York Jets now is a big thing. You know, everybody's transitioning from the franchise tag in, in Washington. But Kirk Cousins and the Jets, what's up with that? What's the story with that? Well,
0: Rich Zimini of ESPN, he came out and said that the Jets will pay whatever price it takes to get him. Mm-hmm. So Cousins is 29 years old, turns 30 in July. I don't understand why the Jets would pay what is probably going to be, $30 million a year, maybe $100 million in guarantees. For what? I mean, Kirk Cousins is a good player. He's certainly mm-hmm. an upgrade of Ramby on that roster. I don't think anyone's arguing that he's not as good as Christian Hackenberg. Okay, yeah. we, we, know, we know he's a, a vast upgrade. Yeah, But you have the number six pick in the draft. Like, this is not a quarterback bereft class. You are going to have options at that spot. Why wouldn't you get a guy on a rookie deal who can help you out rather than spend $30 million a year on a cap where who's he throwing the ball to? <laughs> I mean, seriously, who do they, Robbie Anderson? Robbie Anderson's no. got arrested again, okay? They, you know Jermaine Curse. okay, fine, mm-hmm. but that's, if I'm Kirk Cousins, you're going to have to pay me more to go there. So you're not even going to get me on, my, on, a, on a good deal. You're going to get me on a deal where you have to pay me more than Minnesota's going to have to, more yeah. than Arizona's going to have to. I think for the Jets, you, you continue to go young as they started to last year.
1: I just don't f- feel like it's a good fit. Like what what are they like you said what are they going to do? Like, who's he going to throw to? Who what's the running game? The defense like you've got Jalen Adams which is really nice, but like what are you going to do with that? What are you going to build around there? What are you going to do with all that money? Like you have to give him so much to come there. And it doesn't make you better than New England. Does it make no, you better than where no. Buffalo is going because now you have to start talking about where Buffalo is going to do. So to me it's just it, it seems like a big time disaster. It seems like an overspend the kind that we usually expect Washington to make, or the kind that we usually expect some of these teams that don't really know what they're doing to make. And the Jets... They don't. I'm not going to say they know exactly what they're doing, but they're kind of in a transitional period. Where do they want to keep going forward with Ball, with Bowles as a head coach? Do they want to keep building this team the way that they're building it? If they even have a vision, and are you willing to go? Hey, Kirk Cousins is the guy that we want all of a sudden to make the centerpiece of this right. out of nowhere, and he has no you know kind of continuity with the system.
0: First of all, they just changed coordinators offensively, and Todd Bowles is a defensive minded head coach. Came over from from Arizona as a D coordinator, mm-hmm. so. I'm a little, if I'm Cousins, I'm a little worried about that. And you're right. Like, they've invested a lot of their top draft capital recently on the defensive side. Jamal Adams, Marcus May, Darren Lee. And so, if, if I'm Cousins, I'm saying I'm going to go there and get killed. They have no offensive line. That's yeah, true. They can't run the ball. Forte is, is rated to, to hang him up, I think, at this point. Who's the tight end? Who are the wide receivers? And that's fine. Look, The Jets, I think, did the right thing last year when Mike McKagan said, you know what, we're blowing it up. We're going to get rid Mm -hmm. of all these expensive contracts, we're getting rid of all these veterans, and we're going to go young. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then stick with it. It makes no sense to depart from that plan to sign Cousins, Mm -hmm. who is going to cost you legitimately a, a good 15 to 20% of your cap. It, to me, you do that if you're a team right on the edge. You don't do that if you're a team coming off a 5-11 and 11 season.
1: No. It's, look, the Jets, I'm not sure what they should do this offseason. Maybe they go with the draft or something like that. Because, you know, maybe they could Baker Mayfield there. Maybe they yeah, get a Josh. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Is Josh Allen's going to rise. Josh, 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 Josh Rose right. might right. fall. You Sam Darnold might know. fall. You, you don't know, know what's going to happen. Do they trade up? I mean, if you're the Jets, do you trade, trade. up? Possibly. Trade and, up with
0: the Colts. Get that third spot give yourself some options certainly could
1: no so you know the jets they're in a bit of a tough position i don't know what they're going to do there. trades that's always an option somebody's name has come up in trade rumors here throughout the weekend somebody that you're very passionate about kansas city chiefs marcus peters (laughs) i'll give you the floor on this one because you have plenty to say about this
0: okay Marcus Peters, as we all know last year, he was in the news a lot. He, he knelt during, actually mm-hmm. sat on the bench during the anthem, put his fist up some points, and then he stayed in the locker room because that's what Clark Hunt wanted to do, and they, he abided by that. Um, and then, of course, he got suspended. Uh, the team suspended him for one game after he threw that flag into the stands against the Jets and walked off the he field. He essentially
1: quit. Yeah, and then he came back.
0: He thought he got thrown out, but he didn't. Whatever. It's irrelevant. He comes back and was incredible down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, then they trade for Kendall Fuller. And then they signed David Amerson to a one-year contract recently, and there's been all this talk about suddenly uh, from Mike Florio, a pro football talk, he basically said, you know, there's there's rumors around the league the Chiefs might move on from Peters. And then Jason of CBS Sports, came out and said that there's chatter that he may be uh, not for long in Kansas City. My feeling on that is we didn't hear any of this kind of stuff until they signed David Amerson. Okay. Now... Nobody on God's green earth is like, hey, we signed David Amerson for one year, $2.5 million. The guy just played six games and got cut by the Raiders. And the Chiefs are going to trade Marcus Peters because they have David Amerson in house? There, to me, the only way they would trade Marcus Peters is if they got an offer that was so over the top, mm-hmm. they just felt like they had no choice. You know, a team giving them a first and a second round pick, a team giving them a first and a really top-end player in another position, and that's not going to happen. That would be historic. That would be the biggest haul anybody's ever gotten for a corner, even as good as he is a 25-year-old All-Pro. So for my money, uh, unless there is just some irreconcilable differences behind the scenes mm-hmm. that we don't know about. Uh, Therese Paler at Kansas City started, has done a great job reporting and says that the Chiefs still like him, they still want to extend him. Um, and the Chiefs have three years of control left with him. They mm-hmm. have him on the rookie deal this year, fifth year option next year, and then they could tag him if they had to. Mm-hmm. And so, the Chiefs are going to give him up when basically he's on a three-year deal that even if they had to tag him is around $24, 25 million bucks. 25000000 I find that incredibly unlikely. It sounds like a, a filler type of story, because it's February, there's not much going on. I just, to me, um, there is there is no way in the world the Chiefs are trading him because they signed David Amerson. That, they should contract the franchise if they do that.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I find it to be a little bit weird that the Chiefs would be in a position to trade Marcus Peters, considering that, you know, from what I've seen from him over the past couple of years, mm-hmm. from what you've told me about how everybody in Kansas City loves him, It just doesn't make any sense. Like, when you have a cornerback like that, when you have somebody that other people desperately want and desperately are trying to find, you hang on to that. And I don't care if he is, you know, taking a knee during the National Anthem or he's, you know, got a little bit of an attitude problem. That kind of, you know, after that was the Jets game, wasn't it? Yes. That kind of gave him an edge a little bit after that because he was the guy who, because you got Travis Kelsey's on that team as well and Tyreek Hill, guys that don't necessarily like to keep their thoughts to themselves, especially Kelsey. Yeah. You add something like that to the mix and it could break your team out of a funk like that when they're just, you know, that was a bad. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Stretch for the the Chiefs. Yeah. And then you've got Peters there like, no, you don't like seeing your guy throwing the, the flag in the stands. And then he comes back out without his socks on. And which is basically he's like look I'm done. Like I'm not, I'm not going to play the rest of this game as a form of protest. But you know, that on the one hand you you don't really want to deal with that but on the other hand, he is a talent. He is a top cornerback in the league and he is somebody that gives your team an edge and that's something the Chiefs and Bob Sutton's defense desperately need.
0: Look, last year when they were in Houston for a game on Sunday night football, he tore into Bob Sutton on the sideline. Okay? They were winning like 42 to 20 at the time mm-hmm. and they gave up some garbage line touchdown and he went ballistic. I thought it was great because they played this Ben Butler defense all the time. And as far as that Jets thing goes, you know, listen, he threw the flag in the stands. He didn't call for like three penalties on four plays. My only regret is he didn't throw it at one of his teammates because they couldn't stop anybody the whole game against the Jets. I think the count of like 400 yards in that game. Look, yeah. my feeling on it is he is along with Eric Berry your best defensive player. You throw Justin Houston there and he's healthy, mm-hmm. fine, right? You don't trade that guy on a rookie deal. He's an all-pro corner. You just got Kendall Fuller. Now you have two very good corners in a league that demands that you have them to play defense. If you trade him, I'm sorry, who's starting for this team at corner? Is it Kendall Fuller? And, oh, it's David Amerson Amerson. who the Raiders just cut. The whole year we've talked about the Raiders having Khalil Mack and Ted Roadcones on defense. Mm -hmm. Guess what? David Amerson, one of those Roadcones. So he's fine as a third or fourth corner. Mm -hmm. You start him, and you're playing real base snaps with him. You've got a problem. And it also should be mentioned. Anyone who watched the Chiefs last year, okay? Behind Marcus Peters was Darrell Reeves's corpse, Philip Gaines, who has one knee, and Kenneth Acker, who has no knees. So the idea that, like, the Chiefs are all of a sudden so flushed with corners that they have to get rid of Peters is insane. They don't even have six corners who are still on the roster right now. So I, I, I just – unless they get bowled over mm-hmm. – I cannot imagine that they would trade him. It would it would be stunning. And if they do, then give full credit to Lock and Fora and to Florio for being on that from the beginning. But I to me, there's no financial reason to do it. There's no there's no roster logjam jam to do it. So I, I think I think you might see other big names move this offseason, mm-hmm. but not Marks.
1: All right. So last thing we got here. Scouting combine's coming up. Yes. You like to call it the underwear Olympics because <laughs> not a whole lot happens. This is really kind of where you're, you're gonna be looking at the skill position players the quarterbacks we're going to get a good look at them yep. and it's also to me a, a time of the year when you're going to have these kind of fringe names these edge names are going to start blowing up somebody's going to run a fast 40 times some wide receiver some, from some you know d3 school is going to have a really good performance he's going to jump really high and all of a sudden he's going to be shooting up the draft boards and he's got quick hips and you know sideline side all of these cliches that we're going to hear it's kind of what's the story with the combine this year
0: I'm curious to see Baker Mayfield. Not Mm -hmm. so much on the field, but what we hear from with the interviews. Those are the things that NFL teams care about the most. They want to get you in a room, and they want to talk to you. They have so many interviews you're allowed to do, 15 Mm -hmm. minutes at length. Um, That's going to be fascinating. Yeah. I want to know how that goes. Is that like, hey, it turns out Baker's a great guy? Or is it like, wow, we took him off our draft board after that 15 (laughs) minutes? He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to hold back. So. I'm very interested. And then on top of that, on the field, those four top quarterbacks and Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Lamar Jackson's a guy to me that he could shoot up the draft boards if he has a really good combine Mm -hmm. because his athleticism is off the charts and it's going to show there. Yeah. And so I'm fascinated to see how the quarterback position plays out, specifically Jackson on the field Mayfield off of
1: it. Well, do you think that people are going to be coming at Jackson with saying he's not a quarterback and he's a receiver? Because that has been a narrative for a while now and now we're going to see, because I just know you're going to see he's going to do something at the combine and there's going to be some guy Bill Polian or somebody's going to say something stupid and say, oh yeah, he's a, we just should play him at cornerback or something like that. <laughs> like, I mean, He's know, a quarterback, is yeah, he not? He is absolutely
0: a yeah. quarterback. And if you watched any of Louisville, you watch any of the film on him, uh, he can throw the football. Now, mm-hmm. whether he's a first-round pick, second-round pick, who knows. But most people, even that are down on him, think he's a second-day pick. Well, if he's a second-day pick as a quarterback, why would he switch positions? That's crazy. That's nuts. I, no, look, he is absolutely going to be – a talent that people are going to want to look into as a quarterback. Mm -hmm. got a very good arm. He's athletic. He can get outside the pocket. And he's somebody – look, he kind of reminds me, skill set-wise, of Tyrod Taylor in the sense he's athletic. He can get outside. You can run some RPOs with him. But also, he can throw the deep ball. And if there's one thing Tyrod Taylor can do, it's that. Mm -hmm. So I look at – now, Taylor was a sixth-round pick, but he was very raw coming out of Virginia Tech. I think that Jackson – I would not be surprised at all if he ends up in the first round. Mm-hmm. I really, I think he's a player, and I, I think he would be a great fit for a team like Minnesota or Jacksonville. A team Ooh. toward the back end of the first round, even a Buffalo 21-22, that needs a quarterback that may not get one of those top four guys.
1: My thing that I'm looking at here is, going back to Baker Mayfield, you've got, let's say, Sean Payton's there, and he's watching Baker Mayfield. This is the time of year, too, where you're going to have all of these analysts and all of these rumors start kicking up and being like, I don't know, Sean Payton wasn't eating his burger when uh, Baker Mayfield was out there. Clearly, they're going to trade up for him, which isn't a you know crazy scenario. The idea of the Saints moving up or some of these teams like the Patriots are one of these teams that have a quarterback who's going to be maybe out of the league in a couple of years or retired in a couple of years trading up to get one of these quarterbacks here maybe they fall down so who else at the draft or, or the draft combine are you looking at as maybe a guy who i want to watch what teams are watching this guy
0: you know i think i think roquan smith of georgia okay. is a really interesting guy you know he's he's a linebacker who a lot of people think is going to be a top 10 pick maybe the raiders are a team that could use him certainly they have navarro bowman but he's older they, they need some help in that front seven. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is such a great athlete, and his tape is so good. I wonder if he even can get higher than that. Can he get into the top five? No. You know, could the Colts even consider him at three? I mean, that that's the kind of player we're looking at here. Typically, linebackers don't go that high unless they're yeah. a dominant pass rusher. But Smith... He's he's so agile. He's so strong. Mm-hmm. He's freakish when you watch him. I, I'm curious to see, like, what does he run in the 40? Okay. What does he look like? And to your point earlier about, you know, these these coaches getting with the players, another thing that comes out of the combine that I always enjoy thoroughly is, you know, these teams realize that this guy's probably going to go 10 spots too high for them. <laughs> so they float out that he's got a character issue. And, yep. then, and then you've got to see, like, well, how, mm-hmm. how much does that get vetted? Uh, but Roquan Smith is a guy I'm really interested in because I think – when all said and done, he could be, along with Bradley Chubb, maybe the best players in this draft on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, unless you get the final word here in on our, uh, our show for today. But I just wanted to say, you know, fan, this show is brought to you by Fanatics. And you can get ready for the NFL Combine or the NFL Draft or the NFL season by saving 15% on orders of $50 or more free shipping as well if you use the code FANSIDED. Fan side of just like the website, and you can buy all the Baker Mayfield gear that you want. Anything, yeah. You know, load up on these rookies because that always happens. I'm always fascinated when people go off and they somebody gets drafted immediately. Don't know their number. Don't know if they're even going to make the team. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to get the jersey. I got to get it. So yeah, if you want to do that, 15 percent. Fanatics. There That's right.
0: Go. Fanatics, great, great place. And look, you know, I'll, I'll finish up. Uh, the other guy that I'm curious to see is Saquon Barkley out of Penn State. Yeah. Because look. Running backs, they can go one or two ways at the Combine. We saw Dalvin Cook last year. Everybody thought he was a top 15 Mm -hmm. pick, and then he did not perform well at the Combine at all. Ends up falling all the way to the second round. And then he got on the field in Minnesota, and you're like, oh, well, that's right. That is fine. (laughs) Combine maybe isn't that valuable in comparison to what we thought. So uh, I'm curious. Like Barkley, some people think Mm -hmm. he's a top three pick, and that's at a position where a lot of times you can get value later in the draft. Mm -hmm. We saw guys like Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, second-day picks. And they obviously worked out very well, but of course, there is also that argument. Ezekiel Elliott, from a few years ago, number four overall, mm-hmm. worked out okay. Yeah. So I am curious to see with Barkley, how does he perform at the combine? Do we have a situation where everybody thinks he's going to run a four four forty, and then he runs a four point five three, and there is mass panic because he ran a tenth <laughs> of a second slower, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, maybe he's not a first round pick. So. Those guys I'm very intrigued by mm-hmm. and of course, uh, who's gonna be that guy like you mentioned, like that D three receiver who mm-hmm. jumps up? Who's this year is you know, Obi Malfondo or yeah. Chris Connolly, right? So Cooper Cup. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Sonny
1: Michelle. Don't sleep on Sonny Michelle that's from Georgia. Good, that's he's good. got a lot of Alvin Kamara in him. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes off, runs a good forty time, has some of those good skill, you know, results that he has. I wouldn't be surprised if he shoots up some of those boards that, after the combine. That's
0: I like that call because everybody thought Nick Chubb was going to be the guy coming mm-hmm. out of there. Uh, and, and look, Chubb is still going to be a high draft pick, you know, oh, yeah. first two or three rounds. But yeah, you're right, Sonny Michelle. He can he can play. He can oh, fly. Yeah. So uh, with that all being said. I hope you enjoyed another edition, a Tuesday edition of Stacking the Box. We'll be back next Monday afternoon, no holiday this time around. And we'll be getting really close to scouting combine. starts next Friday in Indianapolis. So, for Josh Hill, I am Matt Verder. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're listening on the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes. Leave a rating. Leave a comment. Uh, We appreciate it. And we will be back next week to talk all things NFL. Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan.
1: I, Kevin, take you, Susan. It's Jamie from Progressive. Shh, Jamie! No, it's alright. I can talk. Progressive protects you 24 7, which means you can contact us anytime. Shh, shh, shh. Hmm. I'm getting a loud shh sound, so I'm gonna talk louder. What can I help you with today? Uh huh. Oh, yeah, Progressive can do that. There's that noise again. Hold on. Let me put you on speaker. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company
0: and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.